Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Taking pressure away from food has been very revolutionary for me. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Do you eat a lot of onion rings? With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. There is no world in which you need to lose five or ten pounds. That's insane. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. I'm thin and fit, but I'm less thin and less fit than I used to be. So you don't have to. Don't think so much about food. It's not interesting. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week we're talking about fitness and wellness. I am going to see a cardiologist next (gasps) week because a member of my family recently had a very early heart attack and my mother had terrible heart problems. Heart problems are in our family. And so I was advised that going to see a cardiologist would be a good idea because it's possible that I have, you know, inherited heart problems. And I really thought, I don't want to go see a cardiologist because what are they possibly going to tell me? Like, don't eat onion rings? I I know that already. It's just I don't want to do it. Do you eat a lot of onion rings? I just had onion rings for lunch. (laughs) I was going to say, like, this is the thing. I'm projecting a lot onto you because you're a very thin and fit person. And having known you now for, what, 30 years? Yeah. You've always been a thin and fit person. And so... I know a lot of thin and fit people who do not understand the world of people who are not thin and fit like myself. Right. Like when was the last time you ate an onion ring, Amy Wilson? Years. Years. Right. Like I talked to friends of mine and they're like, beer, like why would you drink it? It's bad for you. And I'm like, because it tastes good and it's delicious. That's why. I drink beer. I'm thin and fit, but I'm less thin and less fit than I used to be. Actually, that's not entirely true. I mean, of course, like compared to my high school metabolism, I was, I weighed 20 pounds less than I do now. And I ate dessert first. I'd go to restaurants and eat dessert. I'd ask them to to bring me the brownie a la mode while they were making dinner. It was kind of my thing. So let's take out of the conversation right away that this is not a discussion about being thin because I'm not interested in having a discussion about being thin or really any kind of discussion that involves weight. I do think that especially for women that we are often when we're talking about fitness and wellness, we are sort of motivated by shame about our bodies and not wanting to feel better, sleep better, live longer, that we're but that's not our fault. You know, we're to, I think they they sell us both like you're supposed to accept yourself, love your body and also look, look perfect. Right. And also look right. prepubescent. 
Um, I look like a 12 year old or really more. I mean, I, my, I just had to buy my six year old bathing suit and I was like, yeah, this is what a bathing suit is supposed to look like. Like it's basically designed for a six year old. Like she looks adorable in it because it's ridiculous. Like it's there. Everything is horrible that way and designed to make you feel bad about yourself. But I have just gotten to a point in my life and this is like kind of my rallying cry. And I'm glad, as you know, Amy and all of our listeners, there are several screeds which just set me off like several screeds that I have in my back pocket that any like you can set me off and I can just do 30 minutes on like the horror of party favor bags uh I mean there's an endless list but one of my other screeds which is now being set off let's stop talking to each other about our weight and our looks period I want to live in a world where we no longer greet each other by saying you look good you look thin you look like you've lost weight. I just want to take that out of our, our our international dialogue. That really bothered me the most when I was pregnant. That the whole like you having having a good pregnancy meant having a pregnancy that you didn't look like you were pregnant. The more the more unpregnant you looked, that that was a good pregnancy. Well, yeah, and that's like your like Manhattan crazy mom living thing, where a lot of people look like that. You know? Yeah. Don't you think it's more true that like in Manhattan, there's like a lot of moms like doing Pilates until they're nine months pregnant and they just, there's just a lot of pressure to look a very specific way. I felt that way in LA too. Like, but wait, wait a minute. Did you just say Pilates? (laughs) What is it? I've never actually done it. What's it called? (laughs) It's Pilates. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I am not a Manhattan. This again, onion rings and Pilates, Pilates. whatever those, whatever (laughs) I don't, I don't know a lot. You should not, I should not be your wellness girl, but I will be the guru of let's stop greeting each other in reference to how we look. But that's wellness too, right? I mean, like I think wellness can, can all too often just become the 2018 um, PC word for thin, you know, getting it, it, you want to be more well, does that just mean more skinny? Well, it shouldn't. I mean, it often does, but, but uh, it, it shouldn't. And so accepting accepting your body and wanting to make it a healthy body that serves you better for longer can be different from how you look in a bathing suit. Yeah. And they're, they're very different things. And I'm a person who has, I'm whatever, five nines, I'm tall ish. And I have weighed anywhere between 140 and 200 pounds in my non-pregnant life. So I'm not talking about like, I gained 75, I was like 215 or something when I was pregnant, but I'm, I'm not talking about pregnant. I'm talking about my regular life. I was never obsessed with weight or really cared that much about it. I was always sort of like go through phases of like, oh, I'm not running a lot or I'm not exercising as much. I'm just eating a lot and being kind of, you know, off and then being back on. And so I'm a person who's lived at a fairly thin weight where I'm wearing like a size six, eight dress and people, you know, it's like everything looks good on you. Like I'm a attractive weight by, you know, societal standards, the world. And I've been like a heavy person and I've been everywhere in between. And I think that I am healthiest in my life now because I just have stepped out of caring. And, but because my weight fluctuates a lot, I find that a ton of people greet me all the time with like, Oh, you look good. Have you lost weight? And I'm just like, Oh, I don't know. I don't, I haven't weighed myself in, I don't know, three years. I don't care what I weigh anymore. That's that's pretty great because I kind of go the other way on that, and it's not and it's not something I feel great about. But part of that's the acting thing, which yeah, I'm I was going to say acting now, is but, so hard. All my friends yeah. who are actresses in LA would be just be like, they never ate. And I had a really good friend, my roommate in college, who had modeled, and we were going through. I mean, and we were 
18 having this conversation, going through her modeling portfolio, and she was a gorgeous, slim person. But we were looking at her modeling pictures, and she was clearly 25 to 30 pounds lighter in these pictures. And we were saying, like, what what do you have to eat to stay that weight? And she's like, whenever I got so hungry, I couldn't see straight, I would eat an egg white or a piece of cantaloupe. That's all she would ever eat. Because that... To be that thin, it's it's insanity. It's it, it's what's required. It's a singularity of focus. That's. Do you know who Jane Brody is? She's the wellness columnist for the New York Times. Isn't there a and movie I, called The Life of Miss Jane Brody? Maggie Smith. Oh, the autobi- No, it's the autobiography of Miss Jean Brody, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. We still don't have it right. Jean but anyway, that's Brody. not that's not what we're talking about. That's no. Uh, B R O. Oh no, the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. And then right, but then there's like a school <laughs> mom movie. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's Miss Jean. Anyway, we're not talking about any of those people. So no, we can just we're talking move about on. Jane Brody with a Y. Never heard of her. No um, who is the wellness columnist for the New York Times? But she's oh like okay. Her, but she's she's probably in her early seventies by now. And the last time she put an article up, she she gets you know lots of ink in the New York Times to talk about wellness. But her wellness thing is a sort of like cottage cheese and a lettuce leaf sort of version like like come like come on have we not moved beyond that and her latest article was about staying thin and it just was this sort of that old-fashioned judgmental like I've maintained my way for 30 years now and here's how you do it you manage your portions and you do this and she weighs herself every day and there yeah, was a time when I was weighing myself every day because when you weigh yourself every day, if you gain, you know, a couple of uh, tenths of a pound, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. And it is easier to stay within your target weight if you weigh yourself every day. But then you're weighing yourself every day. And that's don't weigh yourself crazy every day, pants. people. Don't weigh yourself every day if your if your job requires being thin, which is unfortunate. I would that just quit your job if your do. job requires being thin. Find a new job. I was I mean, just I was just telling myself, you know, I weigh. I weigh about, mm, I weigh five to 10 pounds more right now than I want to, but getting at my age, getting that five to 10 pounds off would require me walking around so hungry I can't finish a thought and, right. and I would working really out apparently like more than I do. Find a way to put a chip in your head that r- completely gets rid of that thought. Yeah. There is no world in which you need to lose five or 10 pounds. That's insane. Uh, yeah, no, except the world that I used to travel in that I guess I'm right. lucky enough to not really be traveling you don't, in that anymore. You're not so. traveling in that world anymore. Like, yeah. you're objectively thin and beautiful. You don't need to lose any pounds. Do you look back to like our mom's day? I, I look back on this and I'm sure I'm looking at this with a sort of gauzy, you know, eye that isn't really accurate. But I look back to the days of my mom, you know, with the we didn't really go to a town pool, but we had a sort of state park kind of set up that we would go to. And I right. remember all the moms in their bathing suits with skirts attached, right? And this is the 80s. And I just feel like it was like, well, like what? I'm 35. I have a couple of kids. Like, whatever. And it just, and there just was a sort of, there was a sort of body acceptance thing that was a little more relaxed than it is now with the sort of Instagram reality in our face. Remember Jane Fonda workout tips? I was thinking about that last night because I saw a picture of Jane Fonda and she still looks amazing and she's got to be close to 80. And But she also looks like she's 61. She is the person who is in that profession where you have to look like that all right. the time. And she also, if you know her life story, like struggled with bulimia and anorexia and, you know, drug addiction. For like and, sure. And yeah. has had like 18 plastic surgeries. And so she's the, she's the wrong person to hold yourself 
up against. But if you go back and look at those videos, like that was the, she started that sort of workout craze. The first big workout tape was her, but you go back and you look at those tapes. There's a woman named Rebecca Harrington. There wrote an article for the cut. She went back and she, she actually like did all these Jane Fonda workout tapes, you know, now. And she says, most of the exercises are kind of like what a broken doll would do if it knew Pilates. (laughs) (laughs) But don't you mean Pilates? Pilates. 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 But well, nowadays, also, okay. I mean, I'm not going to name any names, but I go to some of these classes and I'm like, you guys, it's insane. The level of like fitness is insanity in some of these places. Like who, who even wants to be this fit? And the My answer ha- is like very rich ladies in the suburbs wants to want to be that fit. You got an extra hour and an extra dollar first you spend it on your kids and then you spend it you got on an extra three hours and an extra several thousand dollars too you know I mean it's it's expensive to be that fit I will say so I do spinning that's my um exercise and I do it a couple of times a week and I do I love the way I feel afterwards I'm pretty bored I agree sometimes during it and uh, and the the endorphins thing like that is a reason to be fit that isn't about being skinny I feel amazing afterwards even though I look like I jumped in a swimming pool um I will say despite my background of being you know many different weights I have always been somewhat athletic I was I mean I played volleyball in high school I wasn't an athlete in high school but I always come back to exercise and that's the thing like I've run two marathons tons and tons of half marathons I don't run anymore but whoa I didn't no. know that about you yeah yeah I was and even when I was a marathoner I was so slow my nickname on my marathon squad was Yertle the turtle because I was so slow I never I could never run more than an 11 minute mile at long paces which is pretty slow if you know running like it's pretty slow yeah no I run 11 minute miles you know for one mile I can run an 11 minute mile and then I'm tired that's about how much well that's the thing like if you're running 26 it's not slow but I would sometimes be running like a 12 minute mile like it's not walking but it's about as slow as you can move (laughs) and not be walking it's the it's it's like the race walking people are the old lady shuffle no it's 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 not it's still a little faster but like you're running but it's slow I have always enjoyed exercise to some degree like I'm not that person who's like oh it's just not a day unless I exercise like I I have no I would be very happy to never exercise again but I do find that exercise is I understand the one-to-one of how good exercise is for me which is what it's 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 to lengthen I just feel like mental health calmness feeling good in my body fitting my clothes the best like it all comes down to me I just always feel better when I exercise more. What about, do you think that the exercising makes you a better parent? I think that it might. Yeah, no, no, it's so mental. I mean, if I, I always say the the, the best mental health I ever had in my life was running marathons. It was so mentally good for me. I, and, and someone taught me the discipline early on. I don't even know if I could do this anymore. It feels like a different lifetime of not running with music, which- what. I never ran with music. And so it was so meditative. You just, you're forced to be alone with your thoughts for like two or three hours at a time while you run. And I was so well. I really was like very stress-free. It was great. When was this? When I was in my 20s. I ran my first marathon in 2000. That was when you were your most fit, I'm assuming. Yeah. And then I ran uh, the New York Marathon right after 9-11. So it's November of 2001. 
And then I kept running a little bit, but then I've always been, like I've always had a gym membership and I go to spinning a couple of times a week, but I also will have three weeks where I don't exercise at all. Like I'm just very inconsistent. And then I will also have months where I eat pretty much vegetables and lean protein and whole grains. And then I will have months like right now I'm on vacation. I just sat down to lunch with my kids and had onion rings. Like I'm all over the place. Consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. That's what I say. That sounds like something your mom would it's have said. actually something my mom said exactly. Well, okay. I still don't really know what it means. But yeah, I'm not, I'm, not about, I'm not about that consistent life. I was at my most fit. Uh, this is sort of ironic, I think, but I was actually at my most fit as a new mom because I started doing stroller size in Central Park. Mm. Mostly as a way to get out of the house, right? That and, sounds and like you, Amy. I, I am telling you, it was exhausting. And you think... And people would like, people would look at us and pass us like, oh, look at those cute mommies Moms. pretending they're exercising. And, and we were, we were running, we would run with jog strollers, which by the way, take, take it from me. Do not try to do this as I did the first time. I did like a little bit of a walk up class because a friend of mine was taking it. Okay, I'll go. And I went with just a regular stroller. I, I went with one of those, um, you know, how the, the, Babies in the bucket car seat, and I, I, it's been so long now, I forget what those are called. The things, the frame, you just kind of snap the car yeah, seat into. Yeah, yeah. Stroll. snap and go or something. A like snap that and go, that's what it was. So I tried to take the class with the with the snap and go, which must um, have a much greater coefficient of drag than a jogging stroller. Because I mean, <laughs> I, I like, I was so far at the back of the pack, running up this hill, and and, and like I almost died that day. So then I got a jog stroller, and I mean, I was, I know I was in much better shape than I am now. And I just had a baby. I mean, I, but I was younger. So well, I, I found I was the, 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 the time I exercised most consistently in my life, forgetting being on a running program when I was young was definitely like having a gym membership where they let you drop the kids off. I'd be like, uh, later three kids. And I would leave them in the unbelievably poorly supervised, <laughs> yes. you know, like the, the gym thing where it's like basically Lord of the flies. You're like, I hope you survive. I'm going to go to spin class. Like you come back and they're like, yeah, she cut her face. And you're just like, oh, okay. Well, sorry about that. Whatever. Like crazy stuff happens. It's basically the, um, it's the daycare from Toy Story 3. It's just like a free for all. The worst. I I, I put Connor, my, my 15 year old, now, I mean, he was a baby, right? I put him in one of those. You don't still put him in the gym daycare. I oh, know. like, I, I think nobody should ever leave their kids in one of those. But this, this, so I had two things happened to me. Once is once I left Connor in one and I come back downstairs and his whole nose is is purple and like the teeth of the child that bit his nose has broken the skin and like perfectly teeth-shaped marks. I mean, you could see see what happens so clearly and what really infuriated me was not that so much that it happened, which was upsetting enough, but that they let this kid sit there and cry and they didn't come find me. <laughs> they just That's let it poor. They just let him sit there and scream until I came back, you know, like 55 minutes later. And oh, then, see in our, all the ones I go to, it's the opposite problem. Like if your kid cries for more than a minute, they come and get you. Oh my God. Or if my, your kid poops in the I diaper think, or pees, wait. I think. I think they were like no diapers, no crying. I'm top, I'm topping my first story with my second story. So then... <laughs> I go We've back. Drawn blood, so this I'm gonna be good. I'm in a different gym and a different, you know, gym babysitting, but they're all terrible, right? And I left my 13 uh, year old there. He was two. He cut. He managed to like fall and cut his ear on the side of a perfectly round children's play table so badly that he needed like 
major stitches on it. Um, and so I still don't know how that happened because, of course, they weren't able to explain how it happened. But they, he was screaming. Some other kid shanked him. It was like it was like a clean, like his ear was not in one piece anymore. Um, and and he was screaming, and they strapped him in his stroller and left him to cry until I came and got him. So <laughs> that is bonkers. This episode is now why you shouldn't leave your kid at the gym. Maybe don't listen to any of these stories because it is actually <laughs> really great to go to the gym. I've never had any of these experiences. My problem was like I would get going and one of my kids, although it was always great when I was like on a hill and spin class and they'd be like, your kid's crying. And I was like, I'm going to buy that kid a lollipop on the way home. Right. It would get me out of spinning class. But I've never had those experiences. Don't listen to Amy. Well, and that, but it occurs to me. Go now, leave geez. your baby at the gym. It's I, such, it's so relaxing. I was in great shape. And then both of my children had horrible injuries. And then I stopped being in such good shape anymore. Because you couldn't go to the gym. I, I try to explain to these people, like, don't charge $5 an hour. Like, charge 15 and have it not be terrible. And, and you would get more customers. But, you know. <laughs> How did that go for you? That it didn't work out. I didn't, I don't, no. uh, I don't go there Oddly, anymore. they were not interested in my that. my husband is an insane crossfit guy oh yeah see your husband amy and her husband are what david and i i mean not we're not talking about you but you <laughs> fall into the general category of people we like to mock and we people call we them. hate well we just make fun of them we don't hate them we obviously love you guys but we do like to call people like you fit couple and we're like, uh oh, look at fit couple. Like they're always doing fit things together. They're fit couple. Uh, uh, and then yeah. whenever we like, if we go for a walk, we're like, we're so fit couple. Yeah, That's, you guys are fit couple. No, we, I, yeah, no, we're fit husband. He would he would very much like to me to join him in the cult of CrossFit, but I just well, first of all, I don't want to oh, look like don't a weightlifter. Do CrossFit, but he is. I mean, for anybody out there who is not aware of CrossFit. It's an insane cult where people join and they work out for one hour and then tell you about their workout for seven hours. That's exactly right. Well, from what I've experienced, somebody said it's like the opposite of Fight Club. The first rule of CrossFit is only talk about CrossFit. Oh, my God. So anyway, everybody knows what CrossFit is because everybody's Instagram feed is full of, um, you know, 50 year old men doing uh, 35 kipping pull ups or whatever. Right. I mean, like they, they really want you to know about it. They want you to know about it and literally like you've been in this conversation if you know anyone in CrossFit and it's like, then we did 25 burpees and then, oh my God, then we did kettlebell raises and kettlebell snaps and you're like, I don't care about your workout. <laughs> Stop telling me about it. It's like the, it's like the the bear the poops in the forest, right? It didn't really happen. Unless... Oh my God, unless you reenact it. It's like my my husband, I always say to him, he, he likes to play golf, which I have a lot of thoughts about, but I basically just tolerate. But he'll be like, you know, we had a good round. And I'm like, let me stop you. I will tolerate you playing golf, but I will not tolerate listening to anything about golf. Right. Like, unless you like, rescued a bald eagle uh, during your route. Like, I do not want to hear anything about that. That is a bridge too far. But it like, I will, I will hang out with the kids for seven hours while you go play golf. But talking about golf is verboten. Right. Uh, yes. I, at hour seven and one minute, I don't want the replay of your day, your day on the, on the I golf I don't course. want the replay of like one second of your 
golf. You have to find your, so my husband has his friends, his CrossFit friends, and they will text each other. Like, how long did it take you to finish today? And they, you know, they, yeah, they, they pat each other on the back because yeah, the rest of the world is like, shut up right now. (laughs) I mean, thank God at least it's insular. Like they keep it amidst themselves because it is like, you know, has anyone ever told you a dream? And they're like, and then my teeth were falling out. And it was so weird because my grandma was there and you're like, no one cares. No one cares. This is not interesting to anyone but you. Right. But they're so motivated because they, because when you're, when you're trying to tell somebody your dream, you need to do it because you're right. You're trying to, yeah, it's so important and you're talking it out and you're figuring it out. Yeah. They have this need to tell you. And well, my husband tells me and he's, and he's not wrong. He's like, I'm doing this. Don't you see I'm in the best shape of my life, which he is. And, and, and I'm doing this so I can keep up with our, with our kids. Um, which I guess he, maybe it's fair. Can. I've made that point with my David, Eamon and I both are married to men named David. I have often said, and I do take this seriously. We made the choice to have babies much later than we should have. We made the choice to have babies at 41 years old. I mean, that's not so old anymore, but I mean, point, point taken. I don't think Baby that's Baby exiting old. vagina at 41 is old. Like, it's old. It's not like I have some babies and I'm 41. I had a baby when I was 41. That's old. I'm going to be 60 when she goes to college. So I, it is part of my responsibility having made that choice to try to stay in good shape. And have onion rings for lunch, though. Listen, I'm on vacation. I mean, <laughs> back off, man. They were I mean, delicious. You don't buy I them at the store. I do think there's, yeah, I, I rule about that. It's too. not like I have onion rings every day, but I did have some onion rings today. But um, I have much, much more to say about my onion rings, but I think we should take a break. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we're going to come back after this break, and we're going to talk about why it's okay to eat onion rings. Wellness. Wellness and onion rings. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. (laughs) But all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer 
protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. You've tried Tybo. You've tried Insanity. You've Zumbud. But now there's a new workout craze sweeping the nation that's just for moms. Morning Madness! No time for exercise? Don't worry. You'll only have 27 minutes until the bus comes to get it all done. You'll feel those triceps burn as you start the move we call pull your tween from bed. Just five more minutes. Up! No! Work those quads as you dash down the stairs to make breakfast. Pancakes are ready! Then back upstairs to help your 13-year-old who still can't manage to find matching socks. I can't find any. Then back upstairs to... No, wait a minute. Then back downstairs because you forgot why you went upstairs in the first place. Feel that stretch in your back as you perform a series of dynamic bends and twists in an attempt to locate suitable lunch and snack items for all three children. I don't like weights anymore. And stay to the end for that blast of cardio we call... Oh, the bus is pulling away. Come on, we gotta run for it. Add resistance by carrying three backpacks, a trumpet, a science project, and a lacrosse stick as you attempt to cover three blocks in less than a minute. Wait, bus, wait. Morning Madness. Could it be the workout you've been looking for? Morning Madness has not proven effective as a weight loss technique in 99% of participants. Morning Madness should not be used by non-mothers who are contemplating child-rearing at any point in the future. Morning Madness has led to the sudden onset of shrieking, regretting of all life choices, and suggesting homeschool to one's spouse. Consult a mom friend with cocktails if symptoms persist. So, Margaret, to me, the sweet spot of food is something that you love to eat and it's good for you, right? Are there such foods? <laughs> it's, tell me more. I'm intrigued. Well, dark chocolate, right, is supposed to be actually good for you and you can be eating your dark chocolate like and feeling virtuous. Yes. You're supposed to have some every day but not too much. I, I've heard all of these things. And that's why I'm very excited about the sponsor of today's episode, which is Flava Naturals. Flava Naturals. So flavanols, uh, they're antioxidants and they basically dilate your arteries. So it's good for your heart. Oh, it's good. I definitely need heart health. It's good for your brain. It just gets everything moving in there. And it's good for exercise performance and recovery, which 
my husband is really into. But if you eat some flavanols every day and just some flavanols, um, you can get some really long-term heart health benefits. I need that. Uh, but you got you to gotta have flavanols every day for at least 10 days. But the thing is, when they did these studies, it was like 900 milligrams of flavanols every day, which would be, I think it's like eight dark chocolate bars, which... <laughs> would, That's going to be a little hard to choke down. <laughs> you'd be like Violet Beauregard, but <laughs> so healthy. And, I mean, I'm not opposed to eating eight chocolate bars a day. I'm not going to say it's never happened. Right, right. But uh, yeah, there, there's a couple of issues with that. So flavanaturals is this line of cocoa powders and dark chocolate bars that are sort of super juiced with flavanols. They're all natural. They don't have gluten in them. They, and, and so I've been putting some in my protein shake. I have a protein shake in the mornings usually for breakfast. Uh, of course you do. I do. So I take my, you know, I take my protein powder, maybe a little banana, a little almond milk, and then I have a flava. I put some flava naturals in there and it makes it all kind of deliciously cocoa-y and satisfying. But you can also put the... Uh, the cocoa powder in your oatmeal. You can put it right in your coffee. Sometimes Ooh, I have it in my coffee. Mocha. Yeah, it's like a cafe mocha. I like a little piece of chocolate at the end of a meal to signal that the meal is over. Oh, well, that's how you have a flava. So there's yeah, they have flava so I bars. Hit, I hit a little flava bar at uh, at the end of a meal. Yeah, yeah. The, it the, really helps remind you to stop eating, which I often have a problem with. I'm like a goldfish. I would eat until I just exploded. But sometimes if you have... A little chocolate bar at the end of the meal, it, it helps your brain to know that dinner's over. I feel more energized and I have sort of more pep and positivity as I move through my day and I'm eating chocolate. I'll take it. So, Margaret, if you want to find out more about flavanols and why you should be eating I more do. dark chocolate in your life. You Mostly can... from you, but I'll also look at a website if you have <laughs> one for me. If you go to flavanaturals.com, they oh, actually lay you. out the research. And then if you order the flavanaturals, you can enter the code FRESH for 20% off your order. So you go to flavanaturals.com and enter the code FRESH. Go check them out, guys. Okay, we're back, guys. All right, so let's onion let's rings. pivot to the wellness. You want to talk more about onion rings? Do you want no, to do that first or should that. we talk about wellness? Well, I just want to say one thing. Okay, go ahead. Freeing myself from caring how much I weigh, freeing myself as much as possible from caring what I look like, you know, it, within a window of like, I, I look good, I look fine, I look real good, you know, but I'm not thin, thin, thin. It also takes to me a little bit of the pressure off food. I don't think about food that much and so I don't gain as much weight. I'm not as obsessed with food all the time. I try to just be like, mm, eat when you're hungry. And if you're at a Dairy Queen with a bunch of kids who are having like, you know, shakes and stuff, and you're like, you know what sounds so delicious to me? An onion ring. And you get an order of 12 onion rings and you eat three of them. It's fine. It's not a big deal. There's no food that's a big deal. There's no just taking pressure away from food has been very revolutionary for me. And then just trying to remember, like, I have a friend who's extremely thin and always has been, and it always makes me laugh, but she gained a quite a bit of weight when she was pregnant. She's extremely petite. She's maybe five feet tall. I saw her and she had just had the baby and she had a, you know, she was heavy with baby weight. And she's like, yeah, I got to get back in shape. And she's like, I basically just go to a place. Like I just stopped getting mayo on my sandwiches. Like I don't go crazy with it. And I started like six weeks later and she had lost like 55 pounds. She was like tiny again, you know, maybe was she breastfeeding though? Cause breastfeeding yeah, is, that, is breastfeeding a special brand thing. of yeah weight loss. But I, I always laugh with her. I'm like, how much mayo exactly were you eating? Cause like, did you just really cut out mayo and you lost all that weight that fast? But like, I just think the big picture is like eat. I was on a weight loss program for a while and I, it involved going to meetings. I won't name it, but you can probably guess it was extremely effective for me. 
And one of the things was like, it's all the food has like a point value. And so it's like, oh, you know, this is, <laughs> I this can't imagine points. which, which okay, fine, point based program. I, always a fan, always worked well for me, but this, like people got in some debate cause like it was ba- bananas were like two points and they were like, why are bananas so much? And apples, how can apples be zero if bananas are two? And they were like debating the minutia of this for 20 minutes. And finally the meeting leader was like, let me just stop everybody in the room. I want everyone who is at a Weight Watchers meeting today because you ate too many apples or bananas to raise your hand. And it's like, right, it's not about is the apple more the banana. It's just kind of take a look at your life. What makes you happy? And just if if, if food that makes you happy is always fine. It's just the 62 brownies because you're bored. That's the problem. Well, I think the problem is that when sometimes... Um, the super fit thing will get into a value judgment that a brownie and a banana are the same bad. When I was, I was never able to accept that. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like an apple is better for you than a Coca-Cola. It just is. And I realize they both have sugar in them. Well, your body reacts the same way. No, it doesn't. It doesn't react to a piece of fruit the same way it does to a bag of Doritos. So, so let's not pretend they're equally bad. I, I I try to eat the best sort of advice that I've gotten in terms of trying to feel good and I do feel better when I when I weigh a little less is is to shop the perimeter of the supermarket and not yeah, the that's aisles. A good one. That's a good one. And it's I have your kids too. It's I like you get into tried. those aisles and you're like fruit gushers and all that nonsense. Yeah. Like yeah, or just like you know, have like have oatmeal for breakfast, don't have um cinnamon toast crunch or something. And and, and Yeah. I, I, I went on a I went on a crash diet a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, and you know what? It worked. And I did, I just ate like a protein bar for breakfast, a protein bar for lunch, and then um, vegetables as many as many vegetables as I wanted. Um, That's insane. You realize, right? Yeah, I mean, it's in, okay. and, and a lot of water. Drink a lot, and that that I still do. I, I drink a lot of water. But then as I started to put stuff back in, like first I put in eggs, then I put in this. I realized that. When I, you know, when I first had like a, a rule, it was Chris, it was Thanksgiving. I probably did this for like September and October, lost all this weight. And then it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, do what you want. And I ate some um, stuffing and like a rule. And I just immediately felt, I understood, I never really believed this. I thought people that talked about gluten and weed intolerances were just fooderexics looking for a proper exit. And I just immediately felt really like gummed up. And so I try now not to have too much like puffy roll pancakey kind of stuff. Or if I do not to have it more than once a day, because like I had pancakes this morning and believe me, I had pancakes and I put a lot of syrup on them and they were great. But then, then about half an hour afterwards, I was like, Oh boy. I, feel I just sick. think the people I know who are healthiest, not thinnest, the people I know who are healthiest think the least about food. That's I. That's and the people be who true. I know who think a lot about food fall into two categories: they obsess about food all the time and they're thin, or they obsess about food all the time and they're not thin. They're heavy, but either they're both bad. I just think don't think so much about food. It's not interesting. It's I. I it's supposed to be all about self acceptance, right? Like like um, wellness. Well, wellness is the new word because we're supposed to be moving away from you're doing this to look good in a bathing suit. You're doing this to feel good, and it's about accepting yourself. But of course, if I could really accept myself, then yeah, you wouldn't spend so much time thinking about food and talking about how it doesn't matter what you look like. I mean, so the people to to put a corollary on what you're saying, the people I know 
who put the most body positive stuff up on Instagram or whatever saying, you know, I, I love myself just the way I am and everybody's going to be healthy and everybody's going to do what they want are the people who I know are the most troubled by these it's just, it's so true. I, I, and I will say like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in some recovery on this topic. Like I just, I no longer weigh myself at all. I know, you know, I mean, I'm a little bit more of what we're aware of what I'm like at a big wedding, like a black tie wedding. And I had this dress that I knew I wanted to wear and I knew it probably wasn't going to fit. And so, you know, I kind of backed off. I was a little bit better about like lean, protein and oatmeal instead of uh, peanut butter or toast, or, you know, just switching stuff out. And it's not like I never think about this ever, but I feel like one thing I have learned now being in my forties is that nothing good comes from thinking a lot about food. <laughs> and so I try really hard not to do it. And I try to just, and I do find like I'm on vacation this week and I do find this is another big takeaway for me trying not to make food the center of every experience. Like for me, it's like uh, going to the park. Oh, they have the good ice cream at that park. Going to, uh, going on vacation means like those good bagels for breakfast and then this for lunch. Going to Texas to see my in-laws means barbecue and Whataburgers. Like trying to disassociate food as the center of every experience, which is hard for me because I am like that. My mom used to joke. She'd be like, do you remember the time, you know, they took us to Europe at some point. We were maybe in high school one summer for like, I don't know how long. But she's like, do you remember that hotel in Mont Saint-Michel? It was like an old cathedral that they'd converted into a B&B and we found that amazing broom. And I'm like, no, I don't remember that place. And my brother would say, oh, remember they had that really good hot chocolate with the hot rolls for breakfast? And I'm like, oh, that place was great. <laughs> and my mom used to always joke, like, I could just get you taken. Like, there's no point in traveling. Like, the only thing you remember is the food. And it's it's true, but I have made an effort to not think so much about food and then try to decentralize food from other experiences. Like, um, you can yep. watch a football game without eating two pizzas and 86 winks. You yeah, can enjoy really football boring, without You can food. do it, yeah. Yeah, and you have to. You have to do this, and and here's here's the what I'm struggling with is it gets it gets harder, not easier, right? It's it's harder in your 30s and in your 20s. It's harder in your late 40s and in your early 40s. Like but it's this harder is, because you're not supposed to look like you looked in your 20s and 30s well, anymore. Well, that's just it. But in, right, and so to try to maintain, just merely trying to maintain, it takes effort. It takes effort to, to stay the same weight, not to lose weight. It takes, like, I'm exercising more to not gain more weight and, and thinking about this stuff. But being being aware of having a uh, daughter, because, of course, I have, I mean, I then I have two sons who are playing sports. My daughter does ballet all the time, too. So anyway, they're very active kids. They're very thin kids, and they can they can eat whatever they want. I, I, don't, I don't visit the crazy on them, but I don't even want them to see me talking about, oh, I can't have this. And my husband being an extremely fit person does put a lot of effort into what he eats because he, he enjoys it. But but it's, I'm wary of the messages about food. You, you can't, like you said something a couple episodes ago about don't talk about food during dinner. And I thought that was good advice for a couple of reasons. One, because you have picky eaters who are complaining about it, but two, because, so you don't want your kids and especially your daughters, to be hearing you say things like, oh, I really shouldn't, and I really want this, and oh, I feel so nauseous now, and oh, I, you know, that that, that kind of stuff. Um, you don't want that. 
And you just no. want your daughters and your sons. And your sons, yeah. To realize that food is energy. And yeah, I mean, I think that's something that I've really adopted in our lives is that I try not to talk about the way people look and I try not to talk about food at all. It's not interesting to me, you know? My, I see my kids sometimes, they're like, we're on vacation and they'll be in swimsuits and they like stick their guts out and they're like, I have a big fat belly and they're laughing and stuff. And it's like, let them figure bodies out on their own. And like at some point I was getting dressed at some point in front of my son. He it was probably two years ago. And he was like, mom, why is your butt so big? And I was like, oh, cause I'm an adult. Adults have huge butts. And we were just laughing about it, you know, but it's like, I, that is something that I have adopted as a mantra. And that is something else that I really try to cut down on with girlfriends and family is like, let's not greet each other by being like, you look great. God, have you lost weight? You look so thin. Oh, you look beautiful. Like, who cares what you look like? That you know. And I understand when, I, when, I, when people get dressed up, it's like you want to say, like, oh, you look nice. And I'll say to people, you look nice. But somebody, I think my sister, somebody was saying to me, like watching those Real Housewives type shows, they greet each other like 600 times a day. It's like they walk out of the room and they walk back in. They're like, you look beautiful. You look so stunning. good. You look stunning. Like, who cares how you look? I worked so hard, you know, for that. I was probably six weeks that I was eating on this like protein bars and vegetables only. And like I said, it worked. And I started he hearing it from a lot of people. And I... I wasn't as thrilled with that as I thought I'd be, right? It's even even when you do hear like, oh, you lost so much weight, you look good. You start to be like, because I didn't look good before, right? You start. Well, I, I and mean, I've read a couple of pieces by women and this actually happened to a friend of mine. She had a really pretty serious chronic disease and she started, one of the major side effects was that she was losing a ton of weight. We lived in LA at the time. And she's like, it is insane. She was so sick, you know, she was possibly seriously life compromisingly and or terminally ill. And the only thing people kept saying to her is you look amazing. What are you doing? You look so good. And she's like, Oh, dying is what I'm doing. So I don't know. Maybe looking good is not the answer in that way. I, I had a friend, this is at least 10 years ago now, but she, she lost weight. And I said to her, you look amazing. And she was going through a divorce and I knew that. And I was, I was trying to be nice saying to tell her she looked good, which I thought she did. She looked amazing. And she's like, yes, a, you know, a traumatic divorce will do that to you. It's great for weight loss. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm such a no, jerk. But I was trying to be trying to be nice. So but you're conditioned to do it. So conditioned. And I, don't, I don't hold it again. I'm not like it's not like I sit around and every time anyone's like, you look nice. I'm like, oh, you're, you're just a tool of the patriarchy. Like, I don't feel that way about it. But I do think it is something that working out of your vocabulary in general is a really good idea. Okay, so it seems to me that we're kind of coming around to this idea that true wellness is not thinking about this stuff, that, that wellness should really mean achieving a state of peace and serenity that's free of all this stuff, and it shouldn't just be another word for this stuff that's more acceptable, right? Correct. Like the less you think about this stuff, the more well you would, you would be. Correct. Do you, so you know, I do like a little meditation. I do my um, Headspace meditation app. Yep. I do I do yoga only about once a week, but there's a class I love that I will really like. It's on a Saturday morning, and if I can get my everything my kids need to do aligned just right, I can run across the street, because it's across the street, take the yoga class, come back, and I really um, sort of look forward to it. Do you have Do you have rituals? 
that are sort of mind clearing that are useful to you? I mean, I, the meditation thing is one of those things that is like always my, a bit of a thorn in my side because I find that it helps me and I don't have the discipline to do it. And I just thinking about that running thing and that being silent thing. And I have a friend who goes on these like six or eight day retreats where she doesn't speak at all. And I'm like, that would be so good for me. Like I have a very unquiet mind. I'm always like, it's always going. And I know that if I spent more time in quiet, I would be better off, but I don't uh, because I don't have the discipline to do it. And I've gotten, I think the phone has made me much worse. Like my ability to have quiet time, I've, I've almost lost from my life. And so that might be a goal for myself. I find that being a mom you have to put wellness. It's like the now obnoxious, like put your oxygen mask on first kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. You have to absolutely carve out self-care time. And so for me, it means trying. And I really did. I have to say I had last year, I had gotten really out of control. I was just eating horribly like eating horribly like eating stuff that's insane like I would get a bag of frozen Snickers bars and stick them in the fridge and be having like 12 a day like out of control on every level not exercising because that's the stuff last year that's the first stuff to go right when when you're in a crisis moment like that that that, you know you're not going to be having a kale salad you're going to grab whatever fast and I do think I have a very fundamental like inner story. We talk sometimes about like stories and like what you tell yourself is what will be true for you. And I, I often feel like my food story is I do everything for everyone. I take care of everyone. You know, I've had this horrible year. My mom passed away. I, 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 that was so hard. And I'm dealing with stuff with my kids. That's difficult. And I'm not going to deny myself four plates of Chinese food because I do for everyone else. And so I deserve to eat whatever I want. And that is a story that I am constantly running from and trying to get out of because I I find it's just very true for me that like I find food incredibly comforting. And I do find that when I'm when I'm watching what I eat and what I'm trying to be a little bit more conscious about it, I actually miss the sensation of being full like that. That is a very soothing feeling to me. It's not as soothing as running for two hours in silence, but it's hard to remember that when you're sitting on a couch, you know? Well, it also takes 10 minutes to eat until you're full, right? And two hours uh, to run in silence yeah. is two hours. And so I've been... So anyway, last year I really lost my way and I was as heavy as I'd been in a long time and I just was very out of shape and I just wasn't feeling good. I just felt crappy. And I made a genuine New Year's resolution to refocus and this year's been really good. And it's just small adjustments. And one of the big adjustments for me is on Sunday, I make a list of what days I'm going to the gym and I go. And what do you do? What's your, what's your gym schedule? And what's I your like thing? any kind of like, I like anything in terms of, I really love spinning. I love like high intensity, loud stuff like spinning. But I even like, I took a bar class this week, which I always was like, that's for rich, annoying people. And I loved it. I mean, I, I love bar classes, like, but only certain <laughs> ones. They, if you want, if you want to stay this... like, if you want to look like ballet, like, you know, they do that instead of CrossFit. If you want to have the, you know, long lean thing. Yeah. Except for, don't you remember that we don't care what we look like anymore? Oh, right, I mean? right. That's right. Right. Remember? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I lasted for about two and a half minutes. My husband and I together... My husband's naturally very thin, but he's not the best. He's not a healthy eater. Like he's the eater where he'll come up sometimes at six o'clock and say he forgot to eat anything or that he had four chocolate chip cookies for lunch. Like he's not a healthy eater, but he's a skinny person. He just does. His life doesn't revolve around food. 
that's just not like it's just not fair. You can't. You, and once you hit your forties, you can't compare your metabolism to your to your male spouse. It's just not. But the I same. think both of us in January when we were, we, I I always said we do like a little conference every January. My husband and I, we were like we could be doing better at this, and we did this kind of like uh, challenge thing where we watched what we ate and stuff for six weeks, and I was like, yeah. It does feel better to eat more vegetables and healthy food and it does make the things that you eat that taste good taste better. Like I know all the rules, but I just, uh, the, the, what I want to conclude with is that the thing that has changed my life about this is not taking anyone else's advice about it and not thinking about it that much and realizing that like, and this is what I tell my kids all the time. I feel so much, it feels so good to be strong you know, it feels so good to be healthy. It feels so good to eat delicious, local, healthy foods. And food gives you such great energy to do fun things. And anything that's not that, I don't want to talk about. <laughs> that that reminds me of um, Ned Flanders on the, on the Simpsons. Uh-huh. Bart goes over to their house for dinner, the Flanders kids. Can you picture them? They're the most, like, upbeat oh, yeah, yeah. family in the world. And and Ned says we're having spinach for dinner, and the and the twins say, "Yay! Iron helps us play." Oh. <laughs> okay, we're totally the Flanders. We're nothing. So that's like you. That. Iron we're helps like, us play. We were we were at dinner last night. We had the cousins together, and um, I was like, "Green beans or salad for dinner, guys? Green beans or salad? Like, what do you want with your dinner?" And the kids were really funny. They were like, "One green bean," and then my daughter was like, "I'll have two leaves." Like it was like we were saying it was like reverse nutrition poker. <laughs> like who can bid the lowest on how many vegetables? Can I cut the green bean open and just eat a bean from the inside? But I like no. what you said about I am going to uh, take away. I've thought about this, but I'm, but I will redouble my efforts to make my words around food and fitness and wellness and all this stuff be strength and feeling good and clear mind, lots of energy, long life. And, and the, these are the and goals. And for yourself, Amy, stop thinking about that five to 10 pounds. There yeah. is no five to 10 pounds. It's a myth. Yeah. I mean, I weigh 40 pounds more than you and I like, I look fine. We're fine. It, it's, you, you were, you were so right that I, I, I will sometimes say to myself, like, would I, would I really judge a friend of mine be like, and, or think that she would be a better person if she lost five to 10 pounds or would I notice or would I care or would I, you right. What would you tell your it's friend? Only, it's only yourself. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have that life view that is like, I will get this in order by doing it mm -hmm. correctly and checking all the boxes and like mm -hmm. weight loss can kind of fall into that category. Yeah. And I'm like, I know if I just cut out this many grains a day, I can achieve this goal. But I just, make like Elsa and let it go. It's mm -hmm. so freeing. And also like, I think being in a happy marriage has been so great for me too, because like my husband loves the way I look. He doesn't care. If I gain 30 pounds, he doesn't care. If I lose 30 pounds, he does not care. He's like, you look great to me. Yeah, that's, that's true. And it's true for me with, with my spouse too. I mean, he, he focuses so much on the fitness and food thing. Like I said, it brings him joy. And he also is just like me. Like, let me, let me hack this for maximum this whatever thing I'm doing, I'm going to hack it for maximum usefulness or whatever. But uh, I don't, yeah, I don't notice what his BMI is or if it's different than it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, probably much to his chagrin. He probably wished I, I noticed more, <laughs> I know, but I don't, I don't care. And like, I just think once and you can have a little bit of a set point, my husband and I over the, this is what started it. We were in, it was Thanksgiving time and we went out dancing. We love to go 
dancing, partner dancing, you hold each other. And we were like holding each other in like a, like a, what am I, ballroom dancing kind of a hold. And so like nose to nose, basically like, you know, a traditional dance partner dance. And we were like, our bellies are touching and our noses are not touching. Like, and we're like, okay, it's time to call it. Like, it's fine to be like, there are some outside markers where you're like, it is time to rein it back in. Like, let's cut out the onion rings for a couple months here. But then like exercise a little bit more, eat a little bit less. But if you spend any more time than that thinking about your weight and what you look like, I can't support that. Listen, it's not fair. Like we've been conditioned this way like maniacs. But like you said, the people I know who talk the most about it and I always am struck by people. I've known people who, oh, well, I wish I could just think less about my weight. And they subscribe to like nine women's magazines. I'm like, I have a good first step for you. Like the nine beauty magazines are not doing you any favors. No one cares what your eyebrows look like except for yourself. But when you read these magazines all day, you think you're supposed to. That's and a, it's not that's fair. A We're good, conditioned yeah. to do this. But like throw off the shackles. It's 2018, mm-hmm. ladies. But you have to neither think about it too much or talk about how you're not going to think about it too much and just really don't think about it. That's that's a little Yeah, and it's me, hard and try. it's an evolution. And I believe me, I get into it and I'll like sit in front of a three-way mirror and be like, no. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not, you know, like completely free of it and not trying to say that I am, but I have really made it a goal in my forties to just be like, I'm getting off the crazy train. And guess what? I'm fitter than I've been in a long time. I'll see you at the gym. I'll see you at the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I go, because you're always there. (laughs) That'll be easy. Like, oh, Amy, there you are again at the gym. Mm. All right, I think we, I think we solved it. We, I'm so well right we now. We solved the tip of this. I mean, I feel like we haven't even gotten into like the ways you take care of yourself and wellness that don't have to do. But this was a little bit about about weight, which I wasn't even necessarily expecting it yeah. to be. But I feel like we 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 solved that part of it. What do we want to know? What do we want to know from our listeners? How they stop worrying about it? We want to know from you guys where you are on this journey. Are you stressing about it? Are you thinking about it? What we don't want to know is diet tips. We don't want links to your weight loss formula. We don't want to, you know, we just want to know what makes you feel good in fitness and wellness. That's good. All right. And you can tell us at facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast. Yes, you can also tell us on Instagram, which is also What Fresh Hell Cast, or on Twitter at WFH Podcast. And on our website, whatfreshhellpodcast.com, where today I will put up no um, diet tips whatsoever, but I will put up a link to um, the woman who did the Jane Fonda workout videos uh, 35 years later, because it's a hilarious article. And another, have you ever seen Angela Lansbury's Positive Moves video? Margaret? Oh my God. As soon as we stop recording, I'm going to send this to you and you have to watch it. She does. (laughs) Angela Lansbury at, 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 you know, maybe like mid sixties did a, um, a video about feeling positive about yourself at any age. And she, um, she does a lot of like massages and it's, it's crazy pants. You have to watch it. It's awesome. Crazy pants. All Mm -hmm. right. And then guys, I have one other thing I need you to do. I need you to go to iTunes and double check that you are subscribed to the podcast. And then I need you to go to the Facebook page and make sure that you have liked the Facebook page. Those are the two things I need you to do. You're going to do that's going to be so good for my wellness when you do that. Those are the two metrics that people look at to understand how big a podcast's listenership is. So it really helps us out. Do it and tell a friend. People keep being like, oh, I love the podcast. And I'm like, oh, good. Tell 10 friends. 
Don't tell Spread me. Spread the word. Be good for our wellness, guys. And that's it for uh, this episode, Fitness and Wellness. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wannabe Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.